her husband, was severely injured in an on-duty accident. He was a member of the North Carolina Highway Patrol, operating a marked vehicle. She's here to tell her story, in particular, her life after frustrations and more. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. We are thrilled to partner with Shatterproof at FHE, the world-renowned treatment program for first responders. Because at times, helpers need help. Exclusive treatment services for first responders who may suffer from exposure to trauma. PTSD, anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. For free 24-7 information, call 833-776-1420. 833-776-1420. That's 833-776-1420. Or online at fhehealth.com. That's fhehealth.com. Under programs, you'll find details about Shatterproof. Calling us from North Carolina, we have Kay Reyna on the phone. Kay was a prior guest. It's back in Season 2, Episode 55. You can listen to it for free, the podcast version of the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Just go to letradioshow.com. Kay, it's an honor and privilege to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It really, I really is appreciate it. something I want to do. I met Kay and her husband, Umberto, a long time ago, and we talked. And as a fair to say, Kay, at the very beginning, you were reluctant to trust me and say, hey, this guy's for real. Well, um, it had been quite a journey and a lot of surprises, but I'm so thankful that we met and that you had us on the show. And I just really appreciate I want to say I want to thank you for what you do for our, my, my our law honor. enforcement community. You know, it's my honor and privilege. That's probably the reason why we do this. And we talked about that. And just to refresh people's memories or those who did not hear that episode. Your husband, mm-hmm. Umberto Reyna, was a member of North Carolina Highway Patrol and had been for some time. He was operating a marked vehicle when he was in a horrible on-duty accident. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. And you were notified. Were were you at, at any point? Did you think that this is the worst case scenario? That's why they're contacting me. I had absolutely no idea what was going to ensue. I was at work and got the phone call about eight fifteen in the morning that he had been injured, and then I got a call back saying they were taking him to the trauma hospital, and they wouldn't tell me anything over the phone. And so I was kind of went in there blind, and I had no, absolutely no idea. Um, It turned out that he had a significant traumatic brain injury that he has required 24-7 care since the day of the accident. And what year was that? That was um, November 23rd, 2009. So it's been quite a while. And when I met Kay and Umberto, and I'm sure this is a, a frustration for you, Umberto looks normal from the outside he looks extremely Mm -hmm. fit he's in great shape and then Mm -hmm, when you get mm -hmm. to see him closer and interactions you become aware of the effects of the traumatic brain injury and it's not until that happens 
Do you feel a level of frustration when people go, he looks fine, why are you, why are you saying he's disabled? Right. It has been a significant issue as far as workers' compensation and getting his services. Because, of course, if you're in a wheelchair, somebody can actually see what's wrong. If you're an amputee, they can see what your injury is. But if you have a traumatic brain injury, you cannot see that. And But it doesn't take very long. As you know, spending a few minutes with him, you're going to find out that he has significant issues. He has dementia and um, severe cognitive deficits and requires 24-7 care and supervision. But it is very difficult to, um, and something that we really need to get the word out about is that people with traumatic brain injury really need the services. And you can't just look at somebody with a TBI and think they're okay. Uh, They do look okay. Um, Fortunately, we were able to rebuild. His um, brain injury doctor said, well, what did he do beforehand? Because at that point, he was just standing up against the wall. And I said, well, he, he, he was a golfer. He um, used to swim. He ran um, cross-country in college, and he said, well, that's what he's going to do now. And i tell you the truth, Jay, I didn't believe it. But I went home um, when he was in the hospital the second time, about 13 months after the injury. It took me 13 months of fighting with workers' comp to getting back in, actually for the first time, to a brain injury doctor. And um, they looked to see what he needed, but they sent me home from the hospital to get his bathing suit because at that hospital they have a swimming pool that they could put people in for rehab. And it kind of started from there, and then we got him on the golf course, and he had to switch from a right-handed golfer to a left-handed golfer. And adaptive sports have really been life-saving for us to rebuild a new life. Veterans already know this, Jay, but for some reason it's been very difficult for um, law enforcement officers that are injured in the line of duty to actually have that um, ability, the actual to be able to go and do that, because there aren't groups necessarily that – um, like veterans have that help veterans out. We need those same supports for law enforcement officers. And, and here's the really ironic part. Umberto doesn't know the difference. No. <laughs> I mean, it's um, so frustrating for me. And when I met Kay and Umberto and yeah. I heard a story, first I was a little a little skeptical. And then when I got to, to, to know them a little bit and interact, I, I really got teary. And my wife was with me and I said, I got I to gotta walk away for a while. Because my frustration, and we talked about in the first time you're on, uh, season right. two, episode 55. You can get the podcast for free. Just go to LET Radio Show. You can listen or anywhere podcasts are served. If you didn't get to hear that, in there, Kay really goes into great length about the frustrations, uh, the problems, the, the, the stigma, everything they had, especially at workers' comp. When I started hearing that, and I already knew somewhat from my own experience, I couldn't help but get overwhelmed. And Umberto doesn't know. And you're looking for help, and it wasn't there. Right. I had no idea. I think there's a common misconception in this country that if a law enforcement officer is injured in the line of duty, that they're going to be taken care of for the rest of their lives. And that is certainly a misconception and not true. Uh, It's a fight. It's a fight. Um, It will be a fight probably for the rest of his life. I still have to obtain, have an attorney now um, just to make sure that he's able to get the services that his doctors order. And because the, what workers' compensation does is they deny, delay, and they don't pay. You know, their whole big game is let's give this person the least amount of services that we can give them. And um, if, this is the hardest part, we have a catastrophically injured officer. If he were able to get the services that he needed, 
then he may not have turned out exactly the way he did. But they delayed his services, delayed rehab, denied rehab for over 13 months. He didn't get any help. And even though I was fighting left and right, I couldn't do but so much. And so it's very frustrating. You have a catastrophic injury. Your life has absolutely changed. You have enough to deal with. He is not able to take care of himself, so he can't fight for himself. So somebody else has to do it. But if the, at least the care was provided and the families could get the resources that they needed, at least that would take that burden off the family. They're still going to have for the rest of their lives this responsibility to take care of their person with brain injury or whoever, whatever injury they might have in the line of duty, which we know it could be a wide variety of injury. But, you know, if they at least could get the care they need, that would be such a help to the family. When you saw the photos of the accident, when I've I've seen them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's amazing he survived, number one. And my first thought was, there's no way someone could survive that accident. And I'm sure it was, oh, a bit of a relief for you, but you'd already known at that point how severely injured he was. Yes. I knew when I walked in. I mean, look, he couldn't keep on the conversation. He didn't know. He couldn't even turn the light switch on. He couldn't figure out the TV. He wasn't talking. It was as if he was in slow motion. It was very bizarre. And I had no experience with traumatic brain injury at that time. I could only go by what the workers' compensation nurse was telling me. And unfortunately, you become a bit of an expert in TBI. When we return, we're going to talk about the major lifestyle adjustments that Kay has gone through since her husband was injured. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. For free 24-7 information, call 833-776-1420 or online at fhehealth.com. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Return our conversation with Kay Reyna. Her husband, Umberto Reyna, North Carolina Highway Patrol officer, was severely injured in an on-duty accident in a marked vehicle and sustained severe traumatic brain injury and other physical injuries. Before we went to the break, Kay, you started talking, well, you talked about the frustration with workers' comp. And I want people to understand that is a conversation in and of itself. And 
If you listen to the the past episode where Kay was a guest, you can listen to the free podcast version, season two, episode 55, where she talks about that, what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. And that's at letradioshow.com or anywhere podcasts are served. And it's 100% free. So you said you could tell right away that, that Umberto was not his normal self. He, there's things he couldn't figure out, the TV, the light switch cognitive issues where there balance and uh, physical ability issues because he's quite the athlete oh absolutely in the beginning it was as if he was walking in slow motion his eyesight was messed up his eyes no longer teen so that he has double vision and he requires prisms in his glasses to be able to see and um i mean it was just i didn't know jay i didn't know i'd never been around anybody with traumatic brain injury and so when the nurse told me, oh, he's going to, oh, in about six weeks, he's going to wake up and be himself, you know, I, I was gullible enough to believe that. But that is absolutely not what happens when somebody has a traumatic brain injury, maybe perhaps in some cases, but it didn't happen with him. And um, he absolutely is not the person he used to be. The man that left that day, I've said this before, the man that left that day did not come home. We had been married 20 years. I think I know what my husband was like. He was actually in a patrol car. Um, driving it around, working in that capacity. And you do realize, and I know you know, Jay, they don't take just anybody in those positions. You have to be in excellent health um, and um, in your right mind and cognitively able and mentally competent. And he lost all of those things. And he also lost his social skills. And he's very childlike. I know you've met him. He's very childlike now. So it was a complete and total change of personality. Um, and his abilities to actually do anything in the world at all. I'm so glad you said that he's very childlike in his, in his mannerisms. I didn't want to say that. It, it's uncomfortable for me to say that. And I'm sure it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. for you to say that, but it's even more uncomfortable to realize that you said earlier, the man that went to work that day no longer existed, and your entire life changed. From that yeah. point on, I mean, physically, he changed. He was severely changed by that accident. But what a lot of people don't understand and never hear about, we hear about in the news, oh, an officer was injured, the good news, they'll survive. And that's all the media says. And they never tell talk about what happens afterwards. And one part of the population is totally left out is a family afterwards. And that's what we really want to do a deep dive in because... Okay, to be honest with you, you are a force to reckon with, uh, and, and I pity anyone who gets in your way uh, when it comes to this issue, and I don't think you were that type of person beforehand. No, Jay, I really wasn't. I was probably most, the sweetest Southern Belle you've ever seen, but what happened is I soon found out there were absolutely no resources for our injured officers or their caregivers, and You know what I thought, Jay? You know what? This world is big enough that we can provide the services our injured need and we can provide the services that our caregivers need. And I truly believe that with all my heart. And I just started praying about that. God, what can I do to make a difference? Because as we know, more and more officers are being injured every single day. And it breaks my heart every time I hear about it. But in today's climate, we have lots of injured officers. And if I can do anything at all to make the road a little better for them. That's what I want to do. The other thing that is so crucial is your role changed dramatically from wife and partner, spouse, to caregiver. That's a term you've used multiple times in this segment. Mm -hmm. 
how big of it i know how big of an adjustment it is but how would you describe that adjustment well it's very interesting because i had already been licensed with the state of north carolina for a community respite because i had felt i had this calling i felt to help um the elderly and i had set up this respite facility to help the elderly and the other people with disabilities I actually had some children at the respite facility but to give caregivers a break so it's so interesting that i was actually all of those years getting ready to take care of my husband and i had no idea i had no idea that this were was where all that was leading to. But nevertheless, that was other people, and then this was in my own family. And there's a huge psychological change. I mean, there's a lot of grief involved in this. There's a ton of grief that caregivers, especially in, with um, if there's a catastrophic injury that happens suddenly um, that you have to go through, and it's, it's so hard. Um, the other thing, too, is whatever job you were doing, forget about that because your number one job all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, becomes taking care of that person you have. So I wasn't able to continue working um, where I was at because my husband required so much care. And there again, I had to fight for it. It wasn't easy. And um, and I continue to do that today because I believe that when our injured are injured in this country in the line of duty, protecting our citizens at home, they deserve to be cared for. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, 150%. Here's one of the things, and by the way, if I ask you something you're just not comfortable talking about, just say, hey, I can't mm-hmm, talk about sure. that. And there, I'm I'm like walking on eggshells having this conversation with you. And we've done this before, Kay. And it's not personal. It's not anything against you or Umberto. It's number one, mm-hmm. I, came, I was physically injured in line of duty. Most people don't know. When they look at me, they can't tell. I have uh, almost total disability in my right hand and right wrist. It's totally fused in place, locked in a place with steel plates. You would not know by looking at those. Certain things I can't do like I used to, but I don't consider myself disabled. There's challenges I've learned to do things differently. So there's a certain sense of frustration I share when people look at your husband and go, he seems fine to me. He's a great swimmer. He's this, he's that. And you know what goes on when you have to take care of them and your your role, your whole life went upside down. Everything changed for you. Yes. I say, and you've heard me say before, I, I fell off the planet. It is, I'm telling you, it is the most difficult thing I have ever done in my entire life. And what you have to do, and, and it's hard because you have, I had a relationship that was reciprocal. Okay. I had married the love of my life. We were high school sweethearts, and we had been married for 20 years, and then all of a sudden, he wouldn't even speak to me. I couldn't touch him. I couldn't, he wouldn't even, he couldn't stand to be in the same room with anybody. It was an absolute nightmare, and um, it's absolutely heartbreaking. So I had to look at and say, okay, this relationship may not be reciprocal anymore. What kind of a person am I going to be? How am I going to handle this? And I just couldn't leave him. I just could not walk away from him. But it has been the most difficult thing I've ever done. And uh, it's hard. And I judge nobody that's in this situation, regardless of whether or not they're able to continue in the relationship or they're not. Because nobody knows how hard this is unless you've been in it. But I'll just go back and say, uh, just real quick, if we had the resources we needed, it would sure be a lot easier. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Kay Reyna, her husband, Umberto Reyna, North Carolina Highway Patrol officer who is severely injured in line of duty. And they deal with traumatic brain injury, total restructuring of their lives. When we return, we'll talk more about her life 
after the accident, what it's like on a daily basis, and how that motivates her to do what she does today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Flintstone Media has been the digital messaging bedrock of several brands and businesses, serving as a highly resourceful podcast production house and consultancy firm for over six years. Work with a leader in the industry and add a new podcast to your brand's content offerings. From show development and setup through recording and distribution, Jemmy will lend her experience launching dozens of podcasts and producing over a thousand episodes, making creating your show a simple and easy turnkey process for you. Visit FlintstoneMedia.com for podcast samples. That's FlintstoneMedia.com. Missed an episode of Law Enforcement Today? You don't have to anymore, because now you can listen to it on Podopolo. The free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. Return conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show with Kay Reyna. Kay's husband, Umberto Reyna. Was a North Carolina Highway Patrol officer who was severely injured in an on-duty accident in a marked patrol car, has tremendous TBI, other issues, and uh, she was a prior guest on the show that talked about the accident, their frustrations and struggles and fights with workers' compensation, which still is an issue, not just for her, but for everybody. Uh, you can listen to the free podcast version of that. Uh, season 2, episode 55 of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Go to letradioshow.com or find it wherever podcasts are served. That's season 2, episode 55. Okay, one of the things that really, I, I, I believe, people don't know. And you're a great mm-hmm. example. You did not know what challenges laid ahead of you and what little resources there were before your husband was injured. Many people have no idea now. You said in the last segment officers getting injured on a daily basis many of them survive with severe lifelong injuries and they they creates a major upheaval in the family and you didn't know before but you know now and what's one thing or two things or three or whatever that that you want people to understand that they just don't know about well i'll reiterate that just because you can't see the disability doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so that just taking the time to believe, respect what's happened and believe it. You know, what has happened, I have to say, is unbelievable, Jay. I mean, honestly, I was in total shock and probably might still be shocked today. If I had, if I went back in time and, and knew what I was getting ready to get into, I don't know how I would have ever handled that. It is, has been that intense. As far as his, I mean, just from day to day, he is not able to even um, go anywhere by himself. You can't take him into any type of business without it being really distracting. Um, of course, other people notice his behaviors, which are odd, and his life has been kind of shrunken down to a couple of places, like the YMCA, and um, he does golf with his life coach, and, you know, some people say, oh, but he's golfing. No. Okay, wait a minute, people. 
that's the only place that we could get him to buy into to go over there and learn some social skills. He lost all of his social skills, has no idea how to communicate with people. Um, I could have him out somewhere, and if he sees... He came out really afraid of dogs. I mean, he has so many things that's unbelievable, but if he sees a dog, he screams. Well, that's kind of crazy, but it happens. And then, of course, I have to play the referee and try to soothe everybody's nerves or, or whatever's going on. Uh, if He doesn't really even walk down a sidewalk. If somebody's coming the way we're walking, he, he doesn't believe we're all going to fit. He'll jump off the sidewalk. If he smells cigarette smoke, he runs. So it's like you are given. You go home with this person, and every injury is different. Every brain injury is different, and you have absolutely no idea what you're dealing with until you actually get out in the world and deal with it. And it's almost, I can hardly explain it. It can be extremely overwhelming. Um, usually what I do is I take one minute at the time. I just take one minute at the time. And I try not to hold anything because if you do that, that would just drive you crazy. I also don't think about what if, you know, what if this happens? What is and let me just tell you, I don't have no clue what's going to happen in the future. As these people get older, they have um, the possibility of having early onset dementia, which he already has dementia. So I have no idea what our future holds. But I'm hopeful that I'll be able to keep him um, home with and in the community, even if it's only a couple of places, and out in the world with something that he will do for as long as I can, um, possibly can. The other thing that's really hard is the kids. I want to mention our kids that are at home. Because um, our youngest daughter was 12, and she was his lap child. And by that, I mean if he was home, she was sitting in his lap. And he was such a fabulous father. He carted those kids around in one arm and put one on his shoulders. We had three, uh, as long as he could. And when he came home, it was the same with me, but our daughter couldn't touch him either. So she was no longer even able to sit on his lap anymore. And if you're talking about devastation... Um, to the kids, and there is no help out there or resources for families dealing with this for injured law enforcement officers. Absolutely nothing. And something that we need to remember is that the entire, this is the thing, they only mention it very briefly on the news, as you said before. Most of the time, all the money that is raised is for the officers that have um, given the ultimate sacrifice, and I absolutely agree they need, those families need absolutely every resource there is. But we also need to remember that the families of catastrophically injured officers in this country, they're going to need resources for the rest of their lives. I mean, this officer is still living. They're here, and there's no help. And I'm sure people duck them. You said, first of all, for you to do this interview, what did you have to do with Umberto's so that you could do the interview? And what steps did you have to take to be able to just have 40 minutes on the phone? Right, right. Even up to yesterday, I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to do this. I had to say a little prayer, God, you know, help me out here. But his life coach um, was able to stay an extra hour today to take care for him because he has to have somebody. And I say his life coach, and it's not just any life coach. This person is trained in traumatic brain injury. They know what they're doing. He can't just have any caregiver because just any caregiver can't take care of him. His behaviors are beyond what a normal uh, CNA or nursing assistant could handle. So he has to have somebody that's highly trained. But thankfully, he was able to stay an extra hour today so that I could do this interview. 
when I first met you and Umberto, and I'll set the, the scene for people to understand, it was a dinner function, mm-hmm. and I wanted desperately to talk to Umberto, and I realized very quickly I was not able to, to have that level of communication with him. And I tried talking mm-hmm. with you, Kay, and you were so, I'm not using the word as a negative, you were so distracted in protecting him and doing what you need to do that it was <laughs> difficult to have a conversation with me. Um, and right. I, I can't understand, look, look, I'll be honest with you, there's times I feel sorry for myself, and I go, man, if this, mm-hmm. if I just done this, I just done that, I didn't go to that one call, life would be different. Right. Do you ever sit there and go, man, if he just spent five more minutes getting a cup of coffee, oh, we wouldn't well, have what this. Was, mm-hmm. What was so interesting about that morning, that was, he used to work night shifts, and that was his very first, first morning on day shifts. And he actually clocked in early. He noticed that a call came in, and he knew that person on duty at night had been up all night. And he volunteered to take the call and go in early so that that person could go home. And that's the kind of man he was. He was such a wonderful, compassionate person, and he loved his job, and he loved serving the citizens of North Carolina and protecting his community. But, you know, I've thought about it. I try not to spend too much time there because I tell you the truth, Jay. I'm so busy, I don't have time. Um, He keeps me so busy. It's almost like a three-ring circus, but when I do have him out, I am constantly vigilant over his behaviors and whether he's safe and you know he is not a danger to no. other people no, he's other not people threatening. are mostly a danger but other people are a danger to him that's the thing um, like, but, Kay, i would mm-hmm. think that i would be i would be so worried that i'd be snapping at people hey what are you looking at get away you know <laughs> all those other things and i i really don't know i want to say very quickly mm-hmm. my wife won't let me go into starbucks because of the way I behave. And there's certain things I'm not allowed to do without adult supervision because I'm a bit of a fireplug. However, your situation is far more extreme. When we return to our conversation on the Law Enforcement Show with Kay Rayner, we're going to talk about what the TBI, her husband, suffered, how it impacted her, and how it motivates her to do what she does today. Don't go anywhere. Great stuff heading your way. We'll be right back. Ever miss an episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show? Never fear. You can sign up for our free email newsletter and get access to past podcast episodes. Plus, all subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. We promise we will never spam you. Sign up at letradioshow.com. And if you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show with uh, one of my heroes, Kay Reyna. Uh, Kay was a prior guest on the show talking about the severe injury, severe traumatic brain injury for her husband, Umberto Reyna, North Carolina Highway Patrol. You can check it out if you missed it. 
That's season two, episode 55 of the free podcast version of the Law Enforcement Radio Show. Go to letradioshow.com. You'll find it there or wherever podcasts are served. That's season two, episode 55. And in that, Kay really talks about the accident, the struggles and frustrations they had in depth with workers' compensation, which is still going on today. What we're trying to focus on today is the impact and, and the adjustments which have been profound that Kay has had to make in her life. Uh, jokingly, Kay, I said at the end, there's certain things my wife really, she really keeps a close eye on me. And I, I'm, I'm very lucky to have her in my life. But there's certain things you just can't do with, with Umberto because his injuries are, are that severe. And people don't know by looking at him. Right. Well, I can tell you this, Jay. I miss him so much. Um, the person that he was, and, you know, some people won't say these things out loud. I'm going to say it out loud. Some things are worse than death in some cases. Yeah. Um, you know, families that are dealing with this, and especially spouses that are dealing with this, they no longer have the spouse that they used to have. They don't have the support. Um, whatever that spouse did at home is no longer done by the spouse and has to be picked up by somebody. Um, just yesterday morning, I probably spent, you know, three hours. The little bit of time that I had when he was with his life coach, I spent trying to get his eye appointment. I spent getting his medications in line. I spent that uh, getting his nurse um, so that I could talk to her about, you know, he can't even get into the eye doctor for the last two years. And he needs more glasses. So um, it's all, all time-consuming. I mean, it's completely time-consuming. And you do miss the people that they were. You can't help that. I mean, it's a human thing. Um, you can rebuild again. I want to say that. There is hope, and you can rebuild. And we have rebuilt on adaptive sports, and um, we've made new friends throughout the country, which I'm very thankful for. And it's possible to rebuild it's difficult, but it's possible. And in many ways, you are rebuilding yourself too. You found a new mission in life. What, right. And you didn't volunteer for this, by the way. You didn't sign up for this gig. This happened to you all. Right. Right. No, um, this is that cup, uh, you know, talked about in the Bible that you don't want, that doesn't pass, that you have to deal with. Um, yes. And so... When I discovered, Jay, that there was nothing in the country for our injured officers to participate in adaptive sports, even with the Paralympics, when I first signed him up to swim through the Paralympics, um, I took him to Georgia, and there was a group of children and a group of veterans. And they said, well, you can't be in with a veteran. So he's not a veteran. But you can't be in with the children because he's not a child. So they finally decided to let him be in with the veterans. And I discovered that day, then they told me to my face, there was nowhere in this country that he could swim. I said, excuse me, there's nowhere that he can swim and no group he could swim with. And I said, that can't be true. And so that night at the hotel room, I was up all night. And I said, this is just not possible. And that's why I started my nonprofit, Operation Homeland Honor, to um, research and to participate in events and to develop events for our injured law enforcement. I do include all first responders and veterans that they can rebuild new lives through adaptive sports because veterans already know adaptive sports helps um, rebuild a new life after injury. So that's the first thing that I did was start the nonprofit. And then this led into um, all of this caregiver stress and all of this caregiver burden and 
it's trauma. It's traumatic, and there's a lot of grief, and it's hard. This is not easy. Uh, it's life-changing, very difficult to do. And so that led me into writing uh, six books for caregivers that are on Amazon. They're very short because caregivers in my situation, we don't have time to read 200 pages. But these are short books that caregivers can get about how to survive caregiving without going crazy. Um, Self-help strategies to survive when something like this catastrophic happens to your spouse. So those can be found on Amazon. And it's just a way for me to try to help caregivers in some way. And then I discovered there was absolutely no research. There's zero research in this country on our injured law enforcement officers. In fact, I do not believe that anybody's even keeping track of how many law enforcement officers are injured in the line of duty. I know they specifically keep track of how many um, die in the line of duty, as they should, who give the ultimate sacrifice. But nobody's keeping track of how many officers are being injured in the line of duty and we're losing track of them. And I discovered there was zero research on injured officers, zero research on their caregivers. And so I had put Umberto through college when we were younger, and then I raised three kids, and I had just started back to college a couple of months before he was injured. So then again, I was out again. But since he's been injured um, through online programs, I've been able to complete my BA, two master's degrees, and my doctorate. And You're amazing. Um, i got to tell you this right now. I, don't, I hate to interrupt your flow. You are yeah. an amazing person. It would be so easy to just crumble and say, I give up. Uh, and to wallow in self-pity. And I'm sure that happens from time to time. But you took that and you became, I mean, extremely motivated to do things differently. Right. Thank you, Jay. I, I have my days. And I have my days and I take some days off, but I get back up and keep fighting. I just truly believe, I, you know, if God called me to this and I have this cup that's not going to pass and I'm going to do whatever I can before I go home out of here to do what I can to help our injured officers in this country and those that care for them. And so I considered my online degrees therapy. And if that tells you anything, I needed a lot of therapy. And uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I, I, I'm <laughs> chuckling because, look, if I, I would not... I would not make you the poster child for someone who needs therapy, but you've been through a ton. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, God's been good to me. Um, he's kept me, and I truly have my faith in God that has pulled me through in the darkest hours. I've never been alone, but it has been extremely difficult. The um, research that I did um, was on caregivers of injured law enforcement officers firefighters and veterans with TBI because I realized and I found out when I was doing my literature review that there is no research on our injured law enforcement officers. Also, there's no research, very little on injured firefighters and none with uh, on caregivers or firefighters. So I included them in our um, in my research because I thought it was so important that we leave nobody out. Absolutely. And so what I did was I researched, because we're spread out across the country, Jay, we're spread out all across the country, it's very difficult to figure out a way that we can reach caregivers that are spread out across the country like this. I mean, veterans have the VAs. We don't have that. And so there, I looked for an online intervention, and I found um, CBERTS. It's the Center on Brain Injury Research and Development out of the University of Oregon. They have an online family web program that actually trains caregivers and traumatic brain injury skills on how to care for somebody with a traumatic brain injury. And so 
I was able to do research on that to see if it was effective for increasing knowledge, self-efficacy, which is feeling that you can take care of someone or do something, and hope. Because I truly believe, Jay, hope is the key here. Because it's when we become hopeless that things seem really, you know, not doable. They right. just, you know, you just lose. I, I would think that feeling you feel that you are alone in this struggle would add to that desperation and hopelessness. And part of what right. you've done is you've written six books, and you have a website. It's krena.com, K-A-Y-R-E-Y-N-A.com. And then you have your nonprofit. What is the website for the nonprofit? OperationHomelandHonor.org. And if there's one thing that people could take away from this interview, what would that be? We need more support. We need more resources. And I want to say we need more research because research shapes policy and it moves the agenda forward. So we need more of that. Okay. I really appreciate you taking time to join us today, tell your story. It's a difficult story to tell. It's uh, much more difficult to live and and. Although I don't have a point of comparison, I have a lot of empathy and understanding that way. But a lot of people will have no idea unless people like you tell them their stories. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. And please let Umberto and the rest of your family know that I'm very grateful and very thankful as well. Thank you, Jay, so much for having me. You know, I'm not the only one that's in this situation. There's many of us across the country. And um, what you do is so important so thank you so much i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today radio show the law enforcement today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing if you enjoyed the podcast version of the show please do me a big favor tell a friend and if you're able leave an honest review and or rating I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.